Yes, hello, I am James Rodens, and today it's the Dublin Art 373. It's Impact Homecoming, but I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by the ultimate one. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm a little bit under the weather, but, um, you know, happy to be here, like always, you know, to talk about this um, homecoming show that um got a lot to talk about. You know, got a lot of opinions on it. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt, and of course you join me for Impact and AEW. But the last time you joined us was for the Slammiversary review. So let's deal with the fallout of July 22nd, because we see on before the Impact, the Impact released a full footage of what happened second after Slammiversary went off the air. We see Kenny Omega, Don, uh, Don Callis, good brothers, waiting for Jay White to two sweet them. White stands there, doesn't move muscle, all of a sudden Finn Juice runs in and goes after the good brothers. The Elite retreat out of the ring and up to the ramp. Sammy Callahan slides in and throws a sign up, extremely close to hitting the Elite. White then grabs David Finlay as a blade runner and rolls out of the ring. So we saw Jay White's uh, big impact debut and we saw what happened afterwards. Were you surprised that he went after David Finlay? Uh, yeah, uh, at first, yes, because, uh, you know, I'm like, OK, what this is all about? Why did he go to Jay, after Jay White when it looked like he was about to have a confrontation with Kenny Omega? But I like the way Impact did this. It was like a little tease, like, OK, we're going to have Jay White versus um, Kenny Omega down the line. And we talked about this at Slativersary. Um, but I guess because he attacked David Finley, this goes back to the, uh, I believe, was the uh, New Japan Cup tournament. I think um, Finley beat him in the tournament or something like that. So they're carrying it on. And now they're going to end up uh, wrestling in resurgence uh, uh, in L.A. for the Never Open Way title. So... It's kind of surprising because I, I was hoping he came for Omega, but it looks like he got other business to attend. So, and you know, maybe we will not see Omega versus Jay White. Well, we'll see how it goes down. We see a slam versus package. The first match of Impact was Chris Bay versus Rahit Raju, and the art of finesse got Bay to win in a great opener. Rahit so underrated. And then Jay White greets Chris Bay in the back. White asked Bay if he's got his message. Bay said he did, but he doesn't know what White wants with him. White says the Bullet Club is always looking for recruits and he wants to extend the olive branch to Bay. Bay declines and says he works alone. White asks Bay how that's working out. White tells him to think about his invite a little more before his offer expires. And to be invited into a Bullet Club is a big deal, isn't it? Yes, yeah, because, you know, that the career soars to another level. And right now, Chris Bay, being where he's an impact, I believe he was a former exhibition champion, if I'm correct. But after that, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't moved up to the next level. Plus, this works out for Impact. Again, Impact is taking advantage of this New Japan pro wrestling working relationship. And they're trying to bring it as much as everybody. If they could recruit a couple of guys in their roster as uh, Bullet Club members, that is good for them. New Japan comes out winning also because um, for the last two years, they've been trying to establish a base here in the United States. And being that they got the New Japan strong, you know, having somebody like Chris Bay who goes from Impact to New Japan, whether they got the Lions Cup or break or whatever it is, this is a good thing for uh, more for Impact than New Japan because New Japan is always going to be established regardless. But this is a big booster shot for Impact. Yeah, I think about that. Well, backstage we see uh, G Miller trying to get Kenny Omega's comments, but we hear from Don Callis instead. He said that Omega suffered some major damage coming out of that battle on Saturday. And when asked about Jay White, he said he was not informed about it and he's not happy how Impact handles business. Uh, and he says if anybody else or White wants a future title shot, they have to go through him 
first, which I suppose is, is fair enough to say. Then we see Mickey James returned, was quickly for us before she says anything else. James reiterated the rotation. Jewel's 26th in power pay per view. Knockouts champion responded, saying every company wants a piece of her. She refused to invite until James Grovel apologised for her actions at Slammiversary. Gal Kim appeared and tried to smooth things over. James again asked Perazzo, even extended the hand. Perazzo accepted, and the fans and descendants uh, responded accordingly. Um, again, Diana Perazzo is the kind of centre of the Forbidden Door women's division at the moment, would you say? Right now, yes. But, you know, um, you needed a woman like Diana Perazzo in that tournament or whatever that pay-per-view that NWA is, is doing because you have to bring a marquee uh, a woman wrestler. Right now, if you don't have a Diana Perazzo in there, and I believe the Camille is defending her belt in that pay-per-view, if I'm correct, I think against, who the hell she, uh, I think Leila Hirsch, um, you know, um, you need to have uh, names in there. I think if I'm correct, Diana Perazzo is defending her belt. Uh, I think the Impact belt there, I'm not sure. But right now, Diana Perazzo, outside, let's say outside of WWE, the best woman wrestlers right now in there is Diana Perazzo outside of Indies or whatever you want to call it in professional wrestling. It's Diana Perazzo. And maybe you have a Britt Baker behind it, you know what I'm saying? And maybe a Camille. Camille is, looks like a savage in that ring because she's, uh, that woman is just, I mean, mean as shit, you know? But Diana Perazzo, right? Diana Perazzo from uh, skill-wise, the woman knows how to wrestle. And again, I, I, you know, I am very impressed with a wrestler or a female wrestler that works a body part in a match, but yet could still beat you doing something else and, you know, and get you out of nowhere. Because she's, I think she has that power driver, which is a savage. I mean, I, I, again, in the last, I say the last four or five months, Yana Perrazzo has been the one. And there's nobody in Impact that could be here. Well, like I said, that's a big statement there, but I think you're, you're, you're pretty spot on at the moment. But is there anybody kind of women's wrestling that can come to her at this moment in time? It'd be interesting to see what happens there. We see another vignette from Star who calls himself the drama queen. And then Brian Myers, Sam Bill, Neil Dashwood versus Jake Summit, Matt Cardona, Chelsea Green. See, Caleb causes distraction, and Taylor Wilder returned to the company, pulling off the apron, and Green refocused herself, cleared Dash without the ring, and delivered the unprettier to Bill for the rare intergender pinfall victory. And then we see Eddie Edwards want W. Morrissey a lot. This leads to a parking lot brawl with Morrissey escaping the beatdown, retreating out of the frame. A bloody Edwards stands tall with the fans all charting his name. I mean, I guess it was okay. It's 1-1 now, I suppose. And then Mars needs to find a partner of fast. Bill thinks he's got an idea. And then we see Jay White make his way to the ring and dress his appearance at Slammiversary. He claimed he was there for David Finley in the second director. The second generation competitor, even <laughs> easy for me to say, yeah. could not run and hide from him in impact. He put over the matchup resurgence. We see Don Cal's good brothers Kenny Maker interrupting an argument over Bullet Club bragging rights ensued. Carl Anson, Doc Gallows, and the ring and demands a thank you from White, only to engage him in a brawl when it did not come. Chris Bay made the save and joined Kingsbridge and clearing the ring to the approval of the fans. I thought this was really, really good stuff. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it, that was something I was waiting for because it's like the. Uh the original Bullet Club members meet up with a guy who they, that Finn Balor, um, at that time, the Prince David, was polishing up to be the next guy to succeed him after, you know, after he left the company at uh, uh, New Japan. So it was it was like the, the, the present meaning the past. And um, 
and when he got beat down, I was like, who the hell is going to come out? I was hoping that it would have been like the Gorillas of Destiny or somebody. Uh, I did not expect Chris Bay, but, you know, it's, it's very interesting to see where Chris Bay goes with this now as far he's going to be, if he's going to be Bullet Club member or not, you know. I mean, you have to you have to enjoy it because Chris Bay needs that push in there. You know, the Good Brothers, of course, the Good Brothers got those belts that, and I think by them having those belts, they make the tag team division kind of legit because there's not a lot of tag teams in there as far as, you know, you probably got Jim, uh, Finn Juice, and then by, by design, after that, you don't have any, no other tag team in there. So, you know, it's, again, uh, it's very weird compared to where Impact was a year ago to where they are now. So it's getting interesting. Again, Impact is taking advantage of this New Japan working relationship. Without a shadow of a doubt, we see Josh Alexander speak with Jim Miller after successfully attaining his exhibition championship. His next goal is to become the f- next face of Impact. Kenny Omega interrupts and asks Alexander if he just heard him correctly. Alexander said he did. Omega is lost for words and walks off. What I really liked about this is, of course, we're talking about will it be Jay White? Will it be someone else with Omega? And then someone like Josh Alexander has been putting in loads of performances and you think, I would watch that and it would be great. Listen, I'll take my money. I want to see that Josh Alexander and Kenny Omega because Josh Alexander, if anything, that man has uh, pretty much, I could say he's taking his level to an, to another level, if you think about it, because he having these crazy great matches, not only in Impact, but in New Japan, um, and he's not scared. He takes a lot of punishment. Um, the guy, I mean, and it's funny because I used to see him team up with Ethan Page as the World Tag Team Champions back then, and but right now him being singles, Listen, I don't think anybody, ain't nobody harder right now than Josh Alexander. Um, and I don't think anybody beating him for that belt. It's funny that about three months ago, me and you were um, in this same podcast talking about that if Impact didn't sign on, it would be a big loss. Impact did the, the smart thing by re-signing him. And I think this guy is going to be a future world champion. Well, like I said, he is one of the best at the moment in what he does. And it's just an enjoying uh, job. And backstage, we see Chris Bay is pissed, and he came to Jay Watts side moments ago. The Good Brothers have issued a tag team challenge from next week, and then we get Finn Juice versus Ace Austin and Fulton. So a hot tag to Robertson, uh, spark a comeback, include Robertson counter slam into Fulton into a roll up for the win. But after the match, Rajuri and Shearer attack the victors, making it a four-on-two assault. Impact strike back there, I guess. And then uh, in Scott Demore's office, Moose wants a rematch with Chris Saban, and Moose and Saban rematch in the main event next week. But the main event for this week was the Knockouts Tag Team Championship, Havoc and Rosemary versus Fire and Flavor. And we see Havoc and still the deal when Rosemary lands a spear on Hogan. Havoc rolls her up to retain the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. Again, not a bad main event, but we talked about uh, Kira Hogan, and this is kind of inevitable that we were going to see this happening, weren't it, really? Yeah, yeah. I think that this was going to happen because because of Hogan's contract. I think her contract is up, and um, they're going to break this team up, Fire and Flavor. It's sad because this team, I really like this team up. Fire and flavor, um, they possess, um, they 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 um, character, they, they you know they they hold demeanor, you know. Um, and, and when they were in that ring, even though there were the smaller girls in there, they could be there with like likes of Havoc or or Rosemary. They could you know they could do they they work in that ring as a double team and you know they they were quick. But you know um, when it comes to Impact and tag teams, Impact a lot of tag teams don't last long. Cause they, yeah, I mean, you grab a Kiara Hogan and you brought her in with Tasha C, and now you got this combination, this combo, this team that 
was so good in the ring. To me, I think they was very good in the ring. I mean, when they lost the title the first time, I was like, uh, I found it like ridiculous. Why are you taking the belts away from them and then giving it to them back and then taking them in a way less than a month? I mean, I, I don't know. But I think it all had to come down with uh, Hogan's contract uh, being over and she, uh, she didn't resign. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, we'll move on to the next uh, Impact, August 5th. And of course, uh, before the Impact show had Steve Macklin and Trey Miguel's match, which ended in a double count out, uh, we see him continue to fight. Pete Williams comes up and makes a save. Uh, it was a lame finish. I guess the feud will continue. And then on to Impact. And of course, Scott Demore is there with Tommy Dreamer telling Don Callis that they're going to make an announcement soon about number one contendership. And we start off with Impact World Tag Team Champions, the Good Brothers versus Jay White and Chris Bay. The fans are completely behind Chris Bay and Jay White's tag team Beyblade. They chant it, the nickname is to make their way down to the ring. Eventually, prove the old recipe works every time. Fattening Blade with the magic killer for the hard-fought victory. So in Jay White's first match at Impact, he loses. Well, actually, he didn't get pinned. Bay did. So uh, <laughs> they're not going to, you know, Jay White is not going to get pinned, especially he's the never open weight champion for New Japan. So, but again, uh, I guess it all comes down what, about either... Okay, you want to uh, join Bullet Club? You're gonna have to take the loss, you know. Either way, you know. Um, in a way, though, I felt like the Good Brothers didn't need to beat them. You know, it could have been a disqualification. Everybody's still um, pretty much protected. But you know, for Chris Bay to take that loss, if you're gonna put him as a Bullet Club member, that makes no sense, you know, to me. Um, but I guess you know they they they, they figure well, he'll lose. He's not gonna join. Jay White, he just happened to Jay, uh, be with Jay White because Jay White got jumped by the, by the Good Brothers. So that was a little confusing there. So, um, but Jay White getting pinned, that was not going to happen. You know? No, I suppose not a bad match, really. No, it though, wasn't. No, it wasn't. So. It, was, it, was, it was a good match. But I just felt like uh, they shouldn't, you didn't need to pin Chris Beck. If you're trying to elevate Chris Beck, you know, it's bad enough that Chris Beck has been in like those uh, exhibition matches. He either gets pinned or he gets a, a big time bump. You know, if you go try to push the guy, you know, at least put him in a tag team with Jay White and, uh, it, you know, disqualification. You know, they, they yeah. lose by disqualification or something like that, you know? So. I, I think New Japan value the good brothers from that as well, you know. Uh, well, we move on to Fire and Flavors on a mission to get the knockouts tag team total back. Falabar steps in, invites Tasha Stills to go to homecoming with him, and she accepts the invitation. Then we get Caleb. With a K lost to Taylor Wilde, an okay match. Caleb's head got spiked in one of that. And then backstage, Jay White doesn't think Chris Bay's ready to join Bullet Club. He's going to give him another chance to redeem himself. And then Josh Alexander looking for more challenges. And Scott Demore's an opponent for him at homecoming. Black Tour Roos. Mm-hmm. And then we see uh, Deanna Pratso uh, being asked if the Viciosa with a AAA and NWA match is coming up. He's biting off more than she can chew. Perhaps says she's absolutely not. She's offended. Miller isn't asked a sort of question to Kenny Omega. She revealed she'll be in the homecoming tournament this Saturday. And is that right? You know, Kenny Omega doesn't get asked those questions. Do you think it's prayer? Perhaps so. You know, people are saying, oh, she's putting too much on. Uh, Kenny Omega was asked to join what? Well, I was sort of saying, they're saying to um, Perazzo. Are you putting on too much? Are you doing too much with your AAA matches, with your NWA matches? And the uh, fact is, they're not asking Kenny Omega that. Is that fair? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, this is the problem, I think, when it comes to... Perazzo is trying to put her name out there as far as, you know, she wants to win the NWA. 
I mean, I think tonight she, uh, I think tonight she has a triple A, uh, triple A title match, or she put against. I think she's having a belt versus belt. And listen, if you're trying to be the best, it's not, it's not something that you know you should be asking that person. They're trying to be the best in the world, and especially with this forbidden door. So these wrestlers are traveling from, from promotion to promotion, facing champions and all that. I mean, Kenny, it's true. You don't ask Kenny Omega that. Omega's gonna be like he. He's considered the wrestling god, right? So Diana yeah. Perazzo is the wrestling goddess or the queen, whatever you want to call it. You know, I mean, you have, you have, uh, who Charlotte in WWE talking about she's the queen, right? Uh, uh, listen, the queen right now is Diana Perazzo, NWA, AAA, Impact. I mean, don't be surprised she'll end up at AEW facing Britt Baker. I mean, the world, you gotta work, and uh, that's what a lot of people don't understand. They say they're they doing too much work. Oh, no, it's not. It's just you're putting in the work. You're trying to be the best in the world. Not just by wrestling in one company, but wrestling in other companies. This is like the, yeah. the, territory, it's like the territories back in the day. Flair used to do that. Yeah, no, I, think, I think that's right. Yeah, we move on to the next match. Finn Juice, Falabar, No Way versus Ace Austin, Mamba, Fulton, Rahat, and Shearer. Uh, Finley catches with a trash pounder finisher and gets the victory. Dave Finley picks up the win for his team. This is a really good match. Finn looks great. And then we see um, Jim Miller stand outside Kenny Omega's door. Tommy Dreamer steps in, reveals into the number one tennership for the title. Whoever wins that will face Omega at Emergence. You can see they're furious about it. We get a third and brand new vignette showing for the drama queen. And then Finn Juice says of a charge are ready to win back the Impact World Tag Team Championships again. Just they're getting fired up. Jay White and Chris Bay running and laid a beat down on them. Right, throws a moving production case towards Finley, crushing him. White gets it, Damon Finley face, reminds us she can't beat me. Of course, those two are set to face at Resurgence as well. Um, what do you think of that? Of course, advance and of course, Jay White allegiance now as well. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I just don't understand. First of all, uh, um, this whole thing with Jay White, like I said, I thought when he came in there was with uh, for Kenny Omega. Um, the David Finley thing is, is confusing because I think they, they're bringing something that happened like almost three, four months ago, and they're bringing it to Impact. I I, I don't get that. Um, I mean, I'm sure they're gonna put a good show, but you know who's coming out of that? Jay White is not losing the belt, you know. So that's the that's the way I see it. That um, you know, uh, Chris Bay, uh, the Chris Bay thing. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, um, I think Chris Bay teaming up with Ken, uh, with Jay White. I don't know. It looks like the the, uh, the the like Chris Bay is the student and Jay White is the teacher. I don't know. You get that sense? That yeah. Way that, yeah. Yeah. Exactly like that. And I think it's um, they were talking about Bay trying to prove to White, you know, and he's saying to him, these guys from behind, which is kind of very like, kind of healy thing to do. And he actually seemed to be enjoying it. He's like, right, if you can do these and pass this test then you'll be ready. Or at least he's shown the intelligence saying whilst he's here, like I said, he hasn't got his proper backup to actually make friends as well, you know? Yeah, but but he, here's the thing. Okay, when Chris Bay first came to Impact, he was the hottest thing going on in from the independent scene into Impact because there was a lot of talk about him. I didn't get to see him probably maybe last year when I got to see him and I saw him in New Japan. And I was like, that this guy is, he got so much talent. And him, uh, him and Ace Austin are like the two guys in there that I said, these guys should have been world champions by now. Uh, but it's like they stopped uh, Chris Bay momentum. I don't know because he got hurt. And then when he came back, 
Now they're pushing. Then they, they were pushing Ace Austin at one point. I mean, me and you talked about it. He had the the X Division Cup, whatever it was, and he didn't even get a title shot right away. So I, you know, in fact, sometimes um, I don't know. They booking is kind of weird, you know. Now you have Chris Bay. I understand Chris Bay is a a young guy. You know, he's probably what 23, 25, something. Like that. But Jay White is not far. Jay White's 28. So Jay White's been around. He's probably been in the wrestling business a little longer than Chris Bay, but. You know, they, they're making it look like the student and, and the teacher. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we see Kenny Omega in the ring and Callis referred to him as great. He'll have Rick Frere. Uh, Sammy Callahan interrupted proceedings. Section of the talent ring, not as the best in the world, but rather a bunch of bitches. And he said next week, him and two partners <laughs> about the Good Brothers and Omega in a six-man tag team matchup. The Hills dare Callahan to bring the fight. And then the elite hunter, Frank Azarian, hit the ring, attacked and joined by the draw. A backstage Tommy Dreamer approached Kazarian Callahan about the six-man tag match and had created an intrigue and in who the uh, opponent partner would be for that. Uh, it's a bit of a shame they did kill the Elite Hunter on Dynamite before he made his Impact debut, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, listen, uh, I, I like Cass. I love Cass. I've been following Cass since, uh, I believe, 2002 when I first started watching Impact. But they... You know what's funny? This reminds me. You remember... Um, in Japan, they had the Bullet Club Hunter. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they made him look crappy. This guy was always in some wrestling match, uh, supposedly hunting Bullet Club members, but he always got pinned. I forgot his name. He was a Japanese guy. Uh, but they doing the same thing with Frankie Kazarian. They did it. They killed him in, in AEW. When uh, I think he, he got beat up, I think. Who the hell beat him up? I think he fought uh, Gallows. He fought Gallows, and then after the match, the whole elite just beat the crap out of him, and I think uh, uh, Adam, uh, uh, Hangman Page came out. But then, so now you have no use for him in AEW, so you ship him to Impact to fight against the same group that just beat his ass up <laughs> in AEW. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Well, we see Sue Young has re-emerged. She brought a new former Kimberly with her. And then Brian Myers thinks he has a new partner set for King and Queen tournament. The Queen of Extreme Francine. But after finding out she was the second picture, she refuses to team up with him. Uh, then we see VBD's losing streak continue as Dina and the world's widest man lost to Mac and Swan. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Because we really rated Violet by Design, didn't we? Listen, this is the same lesson we, we talked about. Again, we're talking about booking. You get the fans, Violet by Design, that group, when they were put together, and then you added Rhino into the mix. I mean, I said to myself, I don't see anybody stopping them. All of a sudden, you put him in, I think it was a four-way tag team where uh, No Way Jose was in that match. Uh, I think with Fala Bala, if I'm correct. Uh, they got the Good Brothers. But Violent by Design during that match, they only came in once and they got pinned. By Rhino got pinned. So when I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. You're killing right now the hottest heel group right now that you have in your company. And whatnot. And then they, get, they lose again. And then they're feuding with... Rich Swan and Willie Mack. First of all, Willie Mack, that guy, he gets pinned every other week for some reason. And yeah, you put him in there to team up with Rich Swan. I understand Rich Swan. I, I guess the, the company likes him a lot. But come on, we're talking about Violet by Design. Joe Doring, this guy is taller than everybody in, 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 when they all face each other. And you having them lose? You're already killing the momentum. So if you put him against the Good Brothers, I'm going to be like, oh, I don't care. Yeah, I won't yeah. care because you're already killing their the momentum. 
Uh, this is the thing, and this is what we're saying. And speaking of tall men, we see W. Morrissey ruining the fun at Swingers Palace by warning Alicia that her husband, Eddie Edwards, will not return the same. Then we see Eddie Edwards pissed off by this, and Tommy Dreamer asking him if he will be the partner in a six-man tag match uh, against the Elite. And because Dreamer asked, Edwards is in. And now on to the main event, Moose versus Sabre. And of course, we saw Moose getting upset at Slammiversary. It did not happen this time as the lights out and a hard-fought victory to even the series. I won a piece, but after the match, Saban delivered a crossbody and pounds away at the victor. And of course, um, leading up towards the match. So Moose gets the win. But are they just, again, not to have a go at impact, but is Moose just kind of like going around in a circle at this moment in time? You're finished, you know what I mean? Because it's, 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 let me tell you something. We just finished talking about Valiant by Design, right? They're doing the same shit to Morris, uh, to Moose. You know, you go, you, Moose, uh, I, I'm telling you, now I understand your frustration because I think about it right now and I'm like, wait a minute, this guy, I remember back in January, seven months ago, he was in Hard to Kill and a six-man tag with the Elite and he was taking it to Kenny Omega. And, and I kept saying, he's the one who should be the, the world champion. He should be the one to... Um, to face Kenny Omega, but ever since he faced Kenny Omega, I think it was in June, June or July, something like that, they haven't done anything with him. He, he lost to Chris, uh, um, Saban, I believe was his anniversary. Yep. And now they give him another opportunity. Oh, now you can be Saban. What? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. They don't know what they're doing with him. You know what I'm saying? So uh, they got to get the eggs in one basket instead of pushing all these guys, making them hot. Making people like myself and yourself sit down who are, you know, professional wrestling fans and we're like, wow, they're going to push these guys. And then we sit there and we just watch these guys get pinned. For example, Chris Sabin. Why does he got to get pinned by Chris Sabin? You know, Chris Sabin don't need to win. He's been around, you know, he's done everything in impact. Give the guys like most an opportunity to elevate to the next level. That's the guy who should be right now in the main event. I completely agree with you. But, um, that's a not bad couple episode of Impact. We move on now, July 31st. Of course, Homecoming. We have got a video package. Hi, Morrissey versus Eddie Edwards. In the hardcore match, Joss Alexander versus Black Taurus. And the first Impact Homecoming King and Queen. Of course, Matt Striker, Dino Brown on commentary. Uh, well, our first round matchup is Hernandez and Alicia versus Yella Pratsu and her partner. Uh, and the first rows are coming at it with massive chance. And then it's Matthew Raywall emerging in the ring. The drama king is here. He asks us to imagine a world where it works with Van Gogh, Bach, or Beethoven we've never heard of. He introduced quite a masterpiece side by side with the uh, Tarosa. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Matthew Reinhold, the former course aid in English, uh, being a part of this uh, tournament and in Impact Wrestling? Uh, first of all, I was waiting for. I was waiting when the hell he was going to show up at Impact. To be honest. Um, I, I was very happy to see him because, you know, I think WWE did not know how to use him. They they had him with Miro, and they were getting over like crazy. And then, you know, the old man decided, no, you can't be bigger than a company. And then when they shut them down, and then they let them go last April. So for him to come back, he looks good. He looks lean. Um, and him and Diana Parazzo, I mean... That could have been a better tag team in that whole tournament than them too, you know? Because uh, I didn't even know they called him the drama queen. The, was it the drama king? Drama I, king, yeah. Yeah, it, it was. I saw him and I was like happy to see him. I was like, okay, let me see what he does. Um, he 
looks way better than when he was in WWE. I think anybody that comes out of WWE goes to another promotion that looks way better. Um, and it, it, him and Diana matched up real good. Well, I doubt. When we're on to the match. We see the men tagging in Hernandez with the um, ball. Looks like a border toss, but actually a shoulder breaker for two. Diana making a save, but Alicia takes it out. Hernandez with a dive. Alicia going to join in with a dive. Ray, Ray Waltlow with a kick and some clubbing shots. Modified double underhook DDT getting on the big man. Um, Hernandez actually looked really good. I thought this was quite a fun opener. What were your thoughts on this one? Uh, this match was, uh, it was it was pretty good. Uh, I mean, I can't I can I can't knock it because it was the first one. Um, so I mean, again, I like the combination of Parazzo and, and what's his name again? Uh, Ray Wolf. Ray um, Wolf, yeah. Yeah, Ray Wolf uh, because they matched up. You know what I'm saying? And anything that again, I don't expect Diana Parazzo to lose any match. I don't care if she's in the tag team or singles. So you know, um, so Hernandez. Um, he he looks like he's trimmed up, you know. Um, Alicia, I'm not I'm not a big fan of her. That's uh, um, you know she could have just sat in the back, to be honest. <laughs> so this we match, gonna... <laughs> this match uh, I could get uh, this match I give it like a, a three three and a half. Three and a half. I'm gonna give it three and three quarters out of five. I thought it was a nice way to set the tone uh, for the evening. Up next, the um, tournament continues with Jordan Thick Mama Pump. Grace and Petey, little Petey Pump Williams versus Matt, the face of the G- GCW, Cardona and Chelsea Hot Mess Green. I love the thick mama pump attire. If she became that character, I would not mind it. Uh, Jordan tags in and slams Cardona. She helps Petey with another slam, which I thought was brilliant as well. Uh, we see Chelsea kicking Petey, going for destroy of her own. That doesn't happen. Petey and Jordan both tease, tease the move, but that doesn't happen either. Another double team does work with so it sees. Cardona lifts his way out of it. Jordan breaks her up to target Cardona. A dive by Pete to Matt. The women go back and forth. And Chelsea hits the unprettier. That gets the free. I thought there was some great tandem offense in this. I don't know what you thought. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the whole little big papa pump gimmicks they were doing. Um, but Jordan Grace, that woman, she's not scared to get in that ring with no guy either. I mean, and I, that's one thing I found about this tournament, that guys were allowed to lock up with the females. Um, so the match was pretty good. I mean, uh, you know, um, I expected Cardona and Green to win. I think Cardona did most of the work. Chelsea Green was very, you could tell, she was a very, very hesitant because of that wrist. She still got that 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 cast on it. Um, and I think she rebroke it again. I don't know why she's in that ring with that. But it was a good, it was a pretty good match. I mean, it wasn't, you had a little comedic parts there. That I felt that you know they did the push up, which was hilarious. I mean, it's, yes. it looked like it, it looked like they were honoring uh, uh, Scott Steiner. That's the way I see it during this uh, match. Uh, you think the reaction if Scott Steiner was to return when they're just like that, it would just be mega, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, do a, do do a, a, you know have them do a six man tag. That would be hilarious. <laughs> That is money. That is money there. Yeah. Um, we see Steve Macklin running in though and attacking Petey. Of course, we talked about their issues on Impact, uh, and then we see W. Marcy talking about Eddie Edwards. We move on. Next round, first round matchup: Tommy Animal Dreamer and Rachel Hawk oh, Ellery versus Brian Myers and Partner. Of course, Dreamer and Eddie rocking the road warrior face paint and shirts, and then Myers has a mystery partner apparently chosen by Bill. And introduce her. Remember her from World Class Championship Wrestling, UWF, WCW, and ECW. It's a walking right, Missy Hyatt. 
And Missy wasn't exactly oh, known for a wrestling goodness. back in the day. She has kept in shape like, over the years, but she didn't know. <laughs> she moves a hill where we go. What are your thoughts on that as a tag team partner? <laughs> oh my god! I like, I like did. I said to, I was in my. I, I was watching this. I said this. This what's wrong with Impact? Do they not know that Missy Ayer was never a wrestler? She was a manager all the time. She got in the ring, I think, with Dog Journey probably one time. It was these two women pulling hair. That's about it. But I mean, I don't know. I, I, to me, I think it was again comedic. I think I found this. This was more of a comedic match. I mean, the fact that I see Tommy Dreamer where Road Warrior Animal paint, face paint. I'm like. <laughs> Why first? First of all, why is Tommy Dreamer in a match? Yeah. And why? That, that's the first thing that came from my mind. But this, I remember a conversation I had with you, and I said uh, when Tommy Dreamer I think had like a hardcore match, and I said, "Oh, this will be the end." You were like, "No, nah, he's going to keep coming back." And it's true. It's like, why does he? The amount of talent that impacted. He, listen, God. he, he, he had. You know what it is? I don't mean to cut you off, but it seems to me that. And it's true. I guess wrestlers, when they love the business, they don't know how to let it go, you know. Um, but for you to come in because you're teaming up with Paul Ellering's daughter and paint your face like Robo your animal, and then you got those polka dots. So you now you in members of Robo your animal and Dusty Rose, and then the daughter had the I think uh, Hawks paint. I mean, it, 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 it was it was all cool, but. I kept saying, you know, you tell me that you don't have anybody else that could have teamed up with Rachel Ellery? Why had to be Tommy Dreamer? Well, we see the old uh, Tommy going to the top rope for the old double team max handle. He seems, I'm sure, climbs from down to the bottom rope and drops it from there. Uh, we then see the crowd wanting Missy. They get some Myers offense instead. Dreamer versus the Spirit Tempest for Cody Driver. The men need a tag. Missy doesn't want it. She gets off the apron. This gives Dreamer time to recover and gets Myers up for the electric chair and the doomsday device. It's the job done. I did think that you still got a chance for funny for Missy, even though she didn't even get involved. She didn't do shit. Oh, you, got, you still got what? You still got nothing. You still. <laughs> still, you still <laughs> I can't believe it. I don't know who paid those people, those those people in the crowd, because they were like, "You still got it." I'm, I'm home like, "You still got what? Your purse?" Because you, it was just, it was ridiculous. I'm like, and, and and let me tell you something. A guy like Brian Myers, I think Brian Myers, another guy who's been kind of hot as of late, you know, um, because of his gimmick and the way he's coming up. You put him in a situation in a, in, a, in a tag team match where he's losing more than he's gaining because you put him in there. Um, uh, the guy's name is Sam Beal. Am I correct? This, yes. Uh, so you got him with this goofball, Sam Beal, and he brings Missy Hyatt. And how does that elevate Brian Myers in that match? And again, why is Blommy Dreamer in this match anyway? Why is he going to, he's elevating where? So, I, I, I found this match. I was like, I was saying, my house like this was terrible because this match should have never happened. As far as you know, um, Tommy Dreamer being part or Rachel Ellering's tag team partner, you could have grabbed anybody in the back. Okay, what, and then okay. what I'd like to say, I want to know your score for it as well. Oh man, I get that shit a two. <laughs> garbage. Okay, I'm like, I'm like, please, and I'm saying, I'm hoping to God. Please don't let Tommy Dreamer and Ellery go to the finals because then I'm really gonna be like, and, and, and have them become the king and queen. I will, I will be, I will never watch it again. 
Well, I, do you know what? I, I didn't mind it. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. Uh, just what? shit. I had a smile on my face when I was watching it. You're being, being too generous. You're being too generous. I am a kind man. Uh, we see Eric <laughs> Young and Violet Biter's ideas. Tell us about the failure. It's not a faction. It's a way of life. The world belongs to them. And now final first round matchup to K. Rosemary Crazy versus Faller and Flavor. See you've done there. Uh, we get into the match. Rosemary runs into Barbie, gets some mockery from Fala, leading to the weirdo sitting up. Tag to Steve, who drop kicks various parts of Barb, which really don't do much. Uh, we see him avoiding Barb's butt load, to be fair. The tag, um, the women tag in. Rosemary takes the upper hand, splash of the corner, T-bone suplex, gets two. Seals with a kick, which Rosemary booted. Rosemary with the old can of shell, head scissors on the ropes. Bar tries to splash Rosemary, but gets splashes, steals instead. And Steve with various strikes, hitting the jump at DDT, for the free count. Now, before you go, I actually really found this funny. What were your thoughts? You know, Decay versus Bala and Steel, right? Yeah. <sighs> this match, okay, let me look at my notes here, because, uh, again, comedy. I think there was more comedy involved. I think this match was better, a better match than the one before that, for the simple fact that, um, you know, you had a little comedy there and there. Uh, um, but other than that, I, I, I don't know. It's, it, I was real iffy about it. I figured Decay was going to win this one because it looks like now the company is pushing Decay again. But, uh, you know, uh, there's not much I can say. You knew. It's like you already deta- dictate that when uh, Rosemary goes all the way back, she's going to stand right back up and whatnot, you know. So it's, that's, it's nothing. It wasn't that entertaining to me. So. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to give this a buy a two and a half. I wasn't too crazy about it. No, I wasn't too crazy about it. Uh, I'm going to give this another three and a half because Bar made me laugh out loud. Um, uh-huh. That did go down too easy. And it's nice to see the wrestlers having fun working for fans again. Um, yeah. Well, after the first round match, we see Steve Macklin tell us he's going after the Exhibition Championship and Pete Williams in this way. And then Willie Mack versus D. Is filling the hole here. Uh, Max started on fire, but numbers help Dina take control. Um, we see Rhino making sure Dina's foot is on the ropes after getting stunned. So Swan takes out Rhino Doring. EY whacks Mac with a VBD flagpole, and Dina takes advantage for the free count. So after the filler match, at least Violent by Design won. Uh, pretty basic, this was, wasn't it? This Listen, I think this is one of the best matches of the night, non tournament, because. I saw the, the what was there were three matches already during the night already or two or uh, three it was three when I saw that Willie Mack versus Diener I said okay let's see what if they could top all three matches that were ahead of that and I think this match did top the first three because you know you had you, you had a uh, Diener you know at one point he looked like you know he was on the run actually he attacked Willie early in the match and then that violent by the side trying to interfere kind of backfire because Willie Mack came coming, you know, after after Dina with a lot of offense. And it wasn't, I think, uh, was it? Uh, yeah, I, I think it was somebody grabbed Willie Mack's leg, whatever, and that's when Dina started doing his thing. But this match, because of the high impact moves and all that, Dina kept getting out. And it wasn't until, uh, uh, I think it was Ryan, um, Swan got into it with the guys outside, and then Eric Young blasted uh, Mack with the damn flagpole. That's what Dina won the match. But this match, uh, I, as soon as I saw this match fe- fe- uh, finish, I said, this is the best match so far. It's like, I'm like, I'd rather see this, this damn tournament of Queen and King. So, yeah. <laughs> What are you going to score out of five? 
I'll give it a three and a half. Or three, I'm half, three and three quarters, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give this a three and a half. Um, I've been watching Impact all year, and I don't think I've seen Willie with a match when it actually mattered as well. Um, we then see Miller interviewing Gardhona and Green, who do everything together, and then lead to semi-final. Diana Fratzo and Matthew Raywalt versus Matt Gardhona and Chelsea Green. And it breaks up the tag attempt, and Chelsea inadvertently distracts the ref. She tags in a few seconds later and goes crazy on Diona. Uh, Raywalt grabs Chelsea, but it's hit with radio silence. Diona gets stomped by Chelsea. But Ray Walt tags in, goes for the unprettier. She reverses, tag Cardona in. Flapjack to Ray Walt. Diana breaks up the reboot attempt, and she and Chelsea take each other out on the outside. Ray Walt and Cardona with some reversals. Then Ray Walt hits his new finisher of his and gets the free count. So another good match and a big victory there for Matt Ray Walt. Final match. This, look, this match was good. And Impact dropped the ball on this one. And I'm going to tell you why. So the last couple of months, I remember Diana Perazzo has been saying online that she would love to uh, have a one-on-one match with uh, Chelsea Green, whatever. I think they should have had this match as the final instead of what we got, you know? Um, because when I saw these two fight, uh, uh, Chelsea and Diana Perazzo, like, face off, I was like, oh, cool. But I would have rather see it in the finals because it would have been more intrigued. You know, and, you know, other than that, the match was great. I mean, like I say, uh, Chelsea Green could, uh, because of that risk, it was, she does very limited stuff. But, again, uh, Rare War looked good. And that face front DDT that he does against Cardona. And I knew they were going to lose because, um, I call it, because they were already, they, they put them together in the second round. It, it was like, to me, I felt like if they really wanted to make, make it intrigue and make it like, oh, I, I got to see the finals. They should have had that match in the finals. Would you agree? Yeah, I would I would agree. Again, I thought it was um, well done by all involved there. What are you going to score out of five? Uh, I'll give that a three and three quarters because it was a pretty good match. You know, I mean, we got to see the face-off between Porrazo and Chelsea Green. I just hope that Chelsea Green's her arm gets better and maybe down the line these two girls will face off. Yeah, without a doubt, I'm going to give that a four as well. We'll move on to our second semi-final, Decay versus LOD. And uh, we see Rosemary and Rachel start. Crowd in favour of both teams here. Rachel wants a handshake. Rosemary licks her hand, so Rachel licks her hand. And that's all pretty gross. And then we get a four-way bite. Uh, and then we see Dreamer taking a bite, DDT by him. Rosemary breaks that up. Rachel tosses her outside. Steve delivers some shots in the corner to Dreamer and hits a cannibal for two. Rachel makes outside. Dreamer hits an ace crusher, then calls for Doomsday. Rosemary breaks that up and spears Rachel. Dreamer grabs Rosemary, hits a pile driver, and then Rosemary literally asks for it. Steve and Dreamer with some reversals, and Steve gets a roll-up free. Um, I thought this was, again, fun, and maybe a surprise to K1. I don't know what you thought about it. It, it was fun. They just broke all COVID protocols. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm home, and I'm like, okay, they're breaking all... You know, COVID protocols, they're biting each other, they're licking their hands, and, you know. But besides that, the match was competitive. I like um, um, they, the one thing um, they didn't do with um, Ellering uh, and Dreamer was uh, what they did in the first match. So this match was a little bit competitive. I was surprised that Crazy Steve rolled up Tommy Dreamer. But then again, I figured, like, well, you know what? Tommy Dreamer don't need to be winning no match. Mm-hmm. So when I saw him win... I saw uh, Steve win the match. I said, good. We don't want to have Tommy Dream in the finals. Um, so 
I just feel bad for Rachel Ellering because I think she she, she should have deserved to go to the final. Not but with Tommy Dreamer though. But this match, it was pretty good and pretty fun. Um, uh, I'll give it a, a three and a half. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think three and a half there for that. And then we move on to the Impact X Division Championship match. Black Taurus versus champion Josh Alexander. Fans chant both these guys. And the fans want them to fight forever, but I don't think that will actually happen. Alexander goes for the ankle lock. Taurus rolls through. Another shot in the corner staggers off. Ankle lock. Insecurity takes Alexander down low, followed by a sling blade. They go up top and Taurus goes for a runner, but it's blocked. Alexander gets him on his back and a Finley roll off the top. Strike exchange with both on the knees. Back to the feet and the strikes continue. Alexander gets advantage to a Taurus headbutt. Misses in the corner, but Taurus hits the discus clothesline. Runs into a boot and then gets hit by a powerbomb backbreaker. And a C4 spike from Josh Alexander gets the free count. This was a change of pace on the night, wasn't it? You know. Oh, listen, that this match, I think this match was the match of the night. And I'm, I'm going to call it it right now. That this match was pretty good because, I mean, Black Taroos showed me a side of him. I mean, I've been following this guy. He was in AAA and all that stuff the last couple of years. But he shows you that he can hang with anybody. I mean, he gave Josh Alexander a hard time. I mean, there was there was uh, points in the match that looked like he, you know, he almost pinned Josh a couple of times. But then again, like I said, Josh Alexander has been the hottest wrestler right now besides Kenny Omega who been going and up and down the impact, whatever. But the homegrown uh, um, uh, impact wrestler has been Josh Alexander as far as, you know, no one can beat this guy. This guy finds ways to win. And it, once, listen, once he catch you with the ankle, start work with the ankle, then he did hit that C4 spike. He could beat you in so many ways. And that's what makes him good. So I don't, again, I don't see anybody in the, in the exhibition beating this guy. Uh, I mean, and I think he's going to, whoever challenges him in Bound for Glory is going to be somebody that's going to give him a run for the money. But right now, I don't see anybody. And Taru's gave him a run for his money. And Taru's really impressed me with those uh, hard, stiff shots and all that. But, you know, Josh Alexander, man, this guy finds a way to win. Yeah, without, I mean, the trade at the end was vicious. And Alexander was just so damn impressive. I'm going to give this a four and a quarter out of five. I give that four and a half because this was a good match. Very good. It was, I mean, again, I, I thought the Willie Mack and Diener match was pretty good, but this one was like on some other level where, I mean, they, they were a bunch of, I mean, at one point you saw Josh Alexander just, um, it looked like he caught a, he had, he had a stinger because he rolled out of the ring and kept shaking his shoulder. So, I mean, he could have lost, but, you know, he showed his true grits, you know? Well, and also talk about injuries, Black Taurus lost a horn during that with his yeah. mask. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, won't... <laughs> I saw I saw his horn with with cotton balls coming out, and I was like, yeah. "What happened to his horn?" I'm like, oh, "Shit!" What? That's why he threw him up on the top rope. I'm like, "Yo, what happened to his horn?" Oh my god, it's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, well, we move on to the final of the Homecoming King and Queen tournament. The other practice with Matthew Ray Walt versus Rosemary and Crazy Steve. We see Steve and Matthew start after extended version of the case entrance ends. Uh, and then we get a few back and forth. Uh, back interesting matchup here for the final. We see Ray Walt bagging Crazy Steve off and Deanna comes in and everybody's in now. And uh, we see Steve with a bat rake tagged to Rosemary, swinging DDT variation. Farm is carried by Ray Walt, tagged to Perazzo, but Rosemary spears Ray Walt. Jonah blocks the power driver, but doesn't block the reverse DDT. Ray Walt with a neck snap from behind, but Steve over the top with a dive on Ray Walt. And Diona hits the Queen's Gambit 
on the weekend. Rosemary and gets the free count. There you go. We have a new king and queen in Impact, and it is so. And Matthew Raywell, um, what was your thoughts on this matchup? Listen, to me, they deserve it. I think they were the better team in the whole tournament. Um, they worked together real good. Um, I mean, the, the, not that um, um, Decay didn't do day work, but I mean, the, listen, the, the 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 crowds matched them. It matches with them. I mean, it is perfect. I mean, again, Diana Perrazzo. I mean, I don't I don't know who's gonna be her. And then now you got uh, Matthew Rambo in there. I mean, he's gonna be one guy. He may give. Uh, Josh Alexander, a hard time. Because everybody who's seen him, they figure like, oh, he can't wrestle. That guy could wrestle. That guy could wrestle. And, I mean, these are two. Uh, Rainbow is one guy you got to watch in the next couple of months to see where he goes. But if they do, if, if they know how to book him correctly, the way they're booking him right now, he could go a lot of places. But if they just 50-50 book him like they do with most, Biden by design, he's going to be lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I think you're right about that. But I thought the final was great stuff. And handed to Impact for a fun tournament as well. And I think the right team won in the end. A great instruction to the drama queen. And Pratsu can't stop winning. Is now the queen. Uh, what do you score that main event, uh, to, what, the tournament final of that? Because I'm going to give it a four out of five. Uh, yeah, about four. Four out of five, yeah. That's how much. Because I think that was one of the best um, tournament matches in the whole, in the whole thing. Um, because I think I, I found the tournament... Uh, there was time a little bit of uh, uh, I call it uh, of comedy and all that stuff, but you know, uh, especially that Missy Hyatt thing. Oh God, um, I don't think I could ever get that on my mind. But you know, but other than that, you know, it, it, it was kind of fun. I mean, the right people want it. If they, if Perazzo and Ray Wall would have not want it, then it was it was a waste of time. I uh, would agree, and we move on to the main event of the night, which is the hardcore match: W. Morrissey versus Eddie Edwards. We see Morrissey with a sneak attack to start things off. We get a power bomb and a slew of weapons as well. But Edwards finds a Singapore cane named Kenny under the ring, and a shot to Morrissey. And Morrissey, though, manages to boot Edwards off the top and send him through a table. Um, we see Edwards fight off the chokes after a ladder attempt on the apron, but takes one with Morrissey standing on the floor instead. And Morrissey gets another table. The fans chant, no more tables. I don't think I've ever heard that in my life with the no crowd more, saying... No, no more tables. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's, it's, it's boring. It's, 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 it's like... Go ahead, continue, because i got something to say about this match. Well, the table is then set up in the corner. Edwards is brought back in. Morrissey has a zip tie so he can lock Eddie's hands together. Morrissey gets a pain and takes some shots at Edwards, but he misses a big boot, and Edwards shoulder tackles him through the table. He breaks the zip tie, looking for Kenny, the kendo stick, takes to the back of Morrissey. The, man's, the big man's busted open. Eddie wraps a chain around his knee for a potential busted knee party and connects to it for the free count. Um, so, yeah, Edwards beats the undefeated. Morrissey, what were your thoughts on this matchup? First of all, first of all, when it comes to Morrissey, if you're trying to build this guy as a monster, okay, now you're going to put him in a match with Eddie Edwards, in a hardcore match, and have Eddie Edwards beat this guy. If you think about it, if you looked at the match, they spend more time looking for objects than wrestling. I mean, it was just like, I was like, by the time this guy picked something up, the guy could have went around and hit him with something, and it was like, it's becoming with this Eddie Edwards matches. This is not the Eddie Edwards I remember when um, from Ring of Honor. I remember Eddie Edwards having classic matches with David Richards and this hardcore stuff. He's becoming another uh, uh, Tommy Dreamer, and it's just 
you already know who's going to win. It's like, you know, it's like the same thing when he had the match with uh, Sammy Callahan. He he beat Sammy Callahan. But if you're trying to build Morrissey as this big, tough guy, you know, he should have beat Eddie Edwards in this match. I mean, he should have. I mean, the fact that he chokeslammed him on top of a ladder and he bounced off like a rubber ball. I mean, that alone, it just didn't make sense. He's he zipped high and then he shoulder blocks um, Morrissey through a table. Then he snapped a zip tie. I mean, I'm going to come on, man. Come on. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I had a lot of uh, a lot of feelings about this match. I, I gave this match a three. Well, I give it a three. I mean, I'm not expecting Morrissey to. To, uh, I guess they're not expecting Morrissey to extend after Bamford Glory. It was an okay uh, main event. I'm going to give it um, a three and a half there. Because like you said, after a while, it is just looking for weapon, weapon shot, table spot, yeah, you know, it's like weapon, they, table. Yeah. And if, yeah. you, if you think about it, the fans are saying no more tables. It's yeah. like it's <laughs> like every, every other pay-per-view, Impact got to have hardcore match. You know? I, I mean, I, I've been watching a lot of the... Uh, of the impact stuff was because we do the the review but i mean since i've been following it it's like every other if it's not this uh pay-per-view the next pay-per-view is an impact it's a hardcore match and, and that's coming from tommy dreamer because tommy dreamer is he's one of the bookers in the back so he's doing hardcore so you don't need hardcore stuff you know hardcore stuff to me is played out you know have a guy have them fight in a regular match and if eddie edwards beats him then you'd be like, okay he beats him but you're trying to you're trying to build Morrissey, and that means, like you said, he may not be around at that bound for glory. Well, we look back at the pay-per-view as a whole. Our match for the night was the exhibition title uh, match between Black Taurus and Josh Alexander. Uh, but MVP of the night, because I think for mine, it's pretty easy. I've got to say it's the drama king, because it's basically the introduction was all about him, really. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah, you're right. Um I will give him the MVP due to the fact that the guy hasn't wrestled in God knows how long. He comes into Impact. He looks great. They teamed him up with the the best in there, which is Deanna Perrazzo. I mean, they win the tournament. The damn crowns look good on them. Um, I mean, you can't ask for anything. That's the best way to bring in a guy into a promotion and whatnot. And, you know, you know, um, and win the whole tournament, you know, um, and, and it was great. I, I honestly, and to be honest, I don't think they should have another homecoming. Let's keep that this one and one time only, because I don't think if you try to do it all the time, they're not going to look the same, you know. And I no, think, I, I would, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I have to be interrupted. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. The, the, and 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 if they're going to do this homecoming all the time, it's going to get stale, you know. I think they did this just to because the, you know that's the rumor that WWE might do a a female King of the Ring and all that. Because Impact do still follow a lot of the WWE stuff. But then again, it's also a case of they need an Impact special every month. We've just had the pay-per-view, so the thing on there, like he did last time with Hardcore Justice, was just like, oh, it's a gimmick pay-per-view, which I kind of don't mind, really. Uh, But out of 10, I'm going to give this an 8 and a quarter out of 10, because nothing of real note happened. But I thought it was actually quite a fun three hours spent. And I think if you don't want to take, you know, take yourself too seriously, whatever it is, then it's fine. But you don't need to watch it to kind of uh, keep you involved in the storylines and impact at this moment. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Yep, I'm a hard critic on this. Seven and a half because the tournament, again, the tournament, um, they did they did have the right people winning it, all right? 
the three matches they had, uh, it was a three them? Yeah, three matches they had, I said, with the exception of one, which I felt, I don't even think that, that should even be main event. I think that Deanna Perrazzo and Ray Wall winning it should have been the main event. Um, but other than that, like I said, um, I, I don't think they, I don't think they even needed to do this pay per view. But yeah, it, it was fun to see what was going on. I went in with the mindset, I said, okay, there's going to probably be some storyline, whatever. But it was just a regular tournament. As far as the other matches, uh, you know, I think pretty much if they didn't end this uh, the storyline and that's the Morrissey against Eddie Edwards, but you know. Um, they and in honesty, um, TNA should not be doing pay per views every month. They should build, you know what I'm saying? Build for the two months, and then like you got like anniversary, you got Bound for Glory. Or they should do like they used to do back in the day. They used to have that tournament, and they have uh, for the Bound for Glory, um, and then they get points, and then whoever wins the tournament, then they get a title shot at Bound for Glory. That's what they should do. But they they they're still away from that. Well, we'll pick it up at August 5th, the impact after um, homecoming in the BTI pre-show C Falabar, uh, lose to Crazy Steve. Opening match of impact is Chris Bay with Jay White defeating Juice Robinson with David Finley. Finish saw Jay White and Finley brawl outside after White tried to distract Robinson, but the distraction was enough that allowed Bay to hit the art of Vanessa Robinson to get the win. And after the match, White officially gave the Bullet Club tee to Bay, accepting him in the stable. And like we said, Bay's a star. Is this him now actually going to start becoming uh, a player in the industry of being a part official member of the Bullet Club? Uh, yeah, and I think he's going to be more um, more cocky than ever now because he's now part of a faction that's been around and wrestling for, what, 38 years? So, um, you know, even though I saw the shirt that came out with his, it's called the Finesse Club, it looks horrible, but anyway, but... Uh, <laughs> But, you know, him being part of Bullet Club now, you know, it pretty much now he could go to New Japan whenever they have the Lions Cup uh, tournament. I think it's in September they usually have it. Or, or, um, or, you know, when they decide to go back to Japan, he would go for the best of the Super Junior representing Bullet Club. So, you know, it, it's pretty good because now you think about it, these, these uh, now they have Bay, they have Ishi, uh, Ishimori, who's uh, one of the best Super Juniors they have, uh, and Fantasmo in the group. Um, so, you know, they, they they keep adding people. They keep adding people, in. and and they, and like again, at the end, it's good for Impact because now you got a Bullet Club member, and they like I said, Impact, and I'm gonna keep saying it, Impact is taking advantage every little minute with New Japan. Oh, well, I doubt. I mean, the Forbidden Door allowing us this great opener. You know, when you think of three of the four guys, uh, you know, it was a singles match, but like the four guys there are all contracted to kind of new japan then you just think this this is really working in impact's favor you know then we see the elite interviewed and Callis saying there was a trio top wrestling as well there was no combination that could um contend with omega and the good brothers fired by design confronted them and told the good brothers that emergence they're calling for the tag title rematch so vbd stepping up are you excited to vote by design versus the good brothers uh well I, I want to see I want to see them go on one on one because the last one like I said they I think it was anniversary they had a four way so they really didn't get to go at it I mean we had a little little tease between Joe Doring and Luke Gallows facing all going at it and that was about it so yeah I mean and, and I think if, if Violent by Design beat the Good Brothers for the belt it, it should be no problem because the Good Brothers already had those tag team belts twice. Um, uh, unless they're trying to 
keep the good brothers, you know, with those belts so they could go to AEW and defend them like they did uh, this past week against the Dark Order. I, I mean, it depends. But violent by design, those belts should have never been taken away from them. That's the way I see it. Well, I'd like to talk about another uh, tag team uh, that should have never had the titles taken away from Fire and Flavor. Talk about their match. Uh, after a rough couple of days, Hogan said they were ready to get the W tonight. Hogan had a bit of backhand compliments about Steele's performance at the homecoming tournament. And then we see the drama king, Matthew Rahal, come out to the ring to cut a promo. Um, the crowd stopped rudely interrupting him. He introduced Diana Perazzo. She said she'd been collected accolades since debuting for Impact Wrestling. She found down all of her achievements when Mickey James interrupted. Perazzo once again berated James for calling her during her ceremonies. James told her she said that, but it's his business to steal the contract for NWA's in power. Perazzo says she needs to know who her opponent was. And out came Melina Perazzo and Melina exchanged some words with the usual threats of beating each other and both signed a contract. Come on down. The door is open for women as well. This is good to see Melina making her impact debut. Yeah, it's funny because that's, that's what I named my daughter, Melina. Um, yeah, I named her Melina after her. She's one of my favorites. I met her a couple of, what, a couple of years ago at a signing. Uh, Melina coming back into wrestling is very, uh, very good for wrestling. Um, I mean, I don't think she's at the level of Diana Perazzo, but this is going to be a good match. Um, and again, and, and it, it shows you again the, the the forbidden door being open. Um, now it looks like NWA is working with Impact, which is pretty good. Um, I haven't seen Melina wrestle in a while. I think I saw one match she had. I think it was a tag team. So, but I, I don't know. I, I can't see her beating Diana Perazzo. No way. No freaking way. I mean, if she beats her, <laughs> she beats her, I'll be pissed off because I, I, Diana Perazzo is on some other level right now. Without a doubt, we see Taylor Wilde getting interviewed and saying that she hasn't been around because someone with, uh, called Calvin with a K um, putting a complaint. Enough of this, please. And then somewhere in our dead realm, we see Kimberly ask Mother Sue Young if she can collect souls for her. Mm. And then Jake something defeated Trey Miguel, Davari, and Raju in an exhibition number one contendership match. This was really good, and something would be similar challenge to maybe uh, as Taurus was, because Jake Saint's quite a big uh, man. What do you think of Jake Saint being a number one contender to the exhibition championship? Well, that, that again, like I said earlier, I mean, you got to bring, you're gonna have to bring somebody. I mean, Jake something don't look like a damn exhi- uh, exhibition guy. Huh. Uh, he looks, he looks like a heavyweight. But look at the guy who's holding it, which is, you know, um, Josh Alexander. And, I mean, and the good thing about what I like about the X Division and Impact is they don't discriminate. Because I remember back in the day, I know Kurt Angle won all the damn belts at TNA back in 2007, 2008, whatever. He even had the X Division Championship. Um, Jake something, I, I believe they should have pushed him uh, more in the, uh, the main event of, of tier. Because, I mean, they would push him when he was feeding with Violent by Design with Diener. And then, you know, he had this new look and all that. And then they just stopped. Again, like I said, the 50-50 booking that Impact does, it looks like they're pushing somebody. They look like he's going somewhere. And then next thing you know, he gets beaten by somebody. So uh, Jake Sutton against Josh Alexander, that's going to be very interesting. Because uh, I still see Alexander going to beat him. Because I think Alexander has... Uh, you know, again, he starts working on your ankle. That's it. It's over. But it's going to be a good matchup. 
I think without a doubt, well, backstage value for a fit. He should be the one challenge for the title. Matt Cardona confronted him because he tossed his bag. He almost hit Chelsea Green. Raju just walked away. And then Josh Alexander uh, wanted to say something about Jake, something on the title shot. He was happy about it. But Tavari confronted him, not getting a shot himself. And he told Tavari if he can beat him next week, he will defend the championship against him too. And then we see Jordan Grace, Rachel Ellen defeating Fire and Flavor after the match. Stills look frustrated at Hogan. Suddenly Savannah Evans came out and took Hogan out as Stills watched. I mean, nice matching attires by Elena Grace. The tag finisher looked great, but that looks like it's for that for Hogan, and Evans will just replace her in the team then, I guess. Yeah, that's what they did. Exactly what they did. They took her out, and now she's going to, you're not going to see her ever again, and, and that she's done. She's done with Impact, you know. Um, but uh, they, what, what was the girl's name that attacked her? Uh, Savannah Evans. Savannah Evans. So, you might see a, a new fire flavor unless they're gonna change the name, uh, um, and then they're gonna go after the knockouts tighter. I, I see Savannah look like the type of girl that could go one on one with with uh, Havoc. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I mean, they did the right thing. I mean, they saw that they did just break up the team and then left it everybody wondering like, oh, what happened? You know. Um, so they saw that Savannah went in. Beat her up, and now she's out out of the equation, out of the storyline. That's it. Well, we see Miller interview Kazarian about coming back to Impact. He said he was there because he had promised to chase the elite wherever they went, and it happened to end up being Impact. But all the men that built Impact, but this was yesterday, and he's here for today. Uh, asked if he was okay too with two men that had a lot of issues between them. Kazarian told her he trusted Dream's decision to recruit him. Then we see Violent by Design. Going to Scott Demore's office, confirming every match calls at emergence. And Demore says Fon and Mac beat them and also deserve a shot at the title, so it would be a freeway dance for that. We get a recap of last week's altercation. You, you, you see what I'm talking about? How are you yes. putting <laughs> Mac and Swan? I just finished saying, let them go one on one. You add another team, a three way dance. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> well, this is what exactly this is what they do. Uh, we see Steve Matlin defeating frontman Jar C. This was the demolition job. After the match, Matlin kept stomping until Pete Williams came down to make the save. We see a new installment of All About Me with Tennille Dashwood uh, carrying on a feud with Taylor Wilde and Scott Demore basically saying Wilde requested the match against Dashwood and granted it. We get a recap of last week's Moose versus Chris Sabin match. And um, then we get uh, the main event, which is Eddie Edwards, Sammy Callahan, Frank Kazarian defeating world champion Kenny Omega and Impact. Good Brothers. This was Kazarian's first match in Impact since May 2014. We see Callahan taking Omega out with a pile drive of the eight from right before Edwards hit the BKP and got the win. And after the match, Don Callis checked on Omega with sending his neck. Edwards was hyping the crowd, but Morrissey jumped in from behind, hit a powerbomb and posed over his fallen body. No one even tried to help Edwards. Um, this had nothing to do with Kazarian, this main event in oh, the end. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> No, but he's the he's the elite hunter. He's chasing the Manny Web. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. He probably doesn't care. Guy's been around forever wrestling. He just don't care. He's getting a paycheck. He don't care. He don't care. I don't know. But again, this is what I'm talking about. Impact. Impact does stuff that it it, it mind boggles you. I'm sure you be at home and you watch these shows. You be like, what am I watching? Why are they doing this? You know, and and, and I watch when I get a chance and when I do and I see the clips and I'm like, what the hell? Like, why are you giving Willie Mack and Swan a title shot? They just lost. It's anniversary. So why are you giving them a three-way with the Good Brothers? 
I guess it's uh, I don't know. I mean, I, honestly, yeah, it, it's it is that sometimes, you know. Uh, we talk about ratings as well when it comes to impact. They averaged 103,000 viewers for this episode on Axis Ooh, TV. Kind of low. Uh, their lowest viewership since the record low of 1,000 viewers on the July 1st, which was due to a program guide error, apparently. Um, and we'll see. And they drew a 0.04 rating in the 18 to 49 key demographic. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But I don't think they're really worried about ratings that much. Our last episode of Impact is the 12th of August. We see Tenille Dashwood with Caleb Bouquet versus Taylor Wilde where Tenille Dashwood won with an assist from Madison Rain. And what is Madison Rain doing here? Well, it looks like Tenille... Didn't, didn't she retire? She did, but she's finally back, and it looks like Tenille, after all this time, has found a tag team partner. Oh, my goodness. I can't. I can't. Didn't she left the fucking booth last year? And she like, oh my, I think it was like the beginning of this year. She was leaving. Oh, I'm done with fucking Impact. This company, I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, we get Davari versus Josh Alexander next. Josh Alexander wins, and then Jake Summit gets in Alexander's face and the statement that he's coming for the exhibition championship. And it's a good match. Josh is so crisp. And then we see Impact Wrestling Stars ask who we think will win between Kenny and Megan, Christian Cage, or Rampage. And Sammy Callahan thinks it will be Cage, but no one else seems to care. No matter what happens, the Impact World title needs to come back to the show, and they want it to come back home. The Good Brothers blame Violet by Design for making a match a triple threat. Uh, the place doesn't belong to them. It belongs to us, says Eric Young. And Gallows gets in Doring's face and offers a match for next week. So next week, we're going to get Gallows versus Doring. That well, about time. can't be bad, can it? That can't well, be bad. Well, I hope they do a wrestling move, not slugfest. Because usually big guys do slugfest. But Joe Doring is not a guy who's going to just do slugfest. That guy, is, that guy was a former Triple Crown champion in Japan. So, you know, uh, Gallows always been attacking. I never, you know, and it's going to be interesting. I'm definitely going to watch that. Well, we see Kira Hogan coming to the ring and grab a mic. Fire and Flavor was all supposed to be better than that, but let's address the issue. She thought Tasha was a real one answer to her better than anybody. I guess she thought she could be a quick one over her by bringing in a goofy ass friend. Tasha really knows what's up with her, and all they know is the song goes, make sure you know what you want for your ass, which calls Tasha out. But it's Sue Young and Kimberly. And Kimberly looks scary. She attacks Kira Hogan, but stops in the tracks. Young has a gross glove and puts it on at the same time. Kimberly puts her own on and locks in the mandible claw. Sue Young is controlling everything she does. Lee drags Kira Hogan away by her hair. So, like we talked about Kira Hogan, Fire and Flavor is over. And this is her way to get written off completely. But what are your thoughts on the Sue Young and Kimberly? Do you kind of like that decay esque dark gimmick? You know, Sue Young, when she was doing that dark gimmick shit, it was the best thing that, that I think impacted. I mean, even when I uh, I used to watch it back, I think, three years ago, when she was the Impact Knockout Champion, I liked her gimmick. But then when they changed it, she, uh, she was part of the, I don't know if she's still part of the Diana uh, Barrazzo uh, group, but I, I, I said to myself, I said to myself, um, um, you know, when are they going to change it? I didn't like that she came in with, with a business, business attire. And all that stuff. She looked as stupid to me. The the dark side, the dark Sue Young is what I like. You know, Kimberly, get rid of Kimberly. She could do something else. I don't know. <laughs> she could be in the back of catering, offering cupcakes to people, whatever. Because she can't wrestle for shit either. I'm sorry. You know, uh, but Sue Young, you need to bring that old Sue Young. If you bring, look, if you're bringing that Rosemary back 
you know, the, the darkness and the decay and all that. Bring Sue Young back and let her join uh, Decay. That'll be a that will be a creepy ass faction because you have Crazy Steve, you got Tarus with a missing heart, um, <laughs> um, uh, Havoc, and then Rosemary. I mean, should be fun. Get rid of uh, the, the, the Kimberly. I, I, she doesn't match up with her. It's something they're going to try to do. And then we see Don Callis and Kenny Omega shouting subterfuge and skullduggery in their attempt to get screwed at the Impact title. Our next match is Finn Juice uh, versus Bullet Club. Uh, Juice obviously David Finley versus Jay White and Chris Bay. You'll win as Finn Juice by DQ after Jay White used the chair. It seems the plan was to take David Finley out at all costs. He drives his head down hard on a steel chair and sits in him with a title. Leader of the Bullet Club is ready to retain at New Japan's resurgence pay-per-view. And what I found really clever with this is, like I say, Impact... Uh, using New Japan talent and using Impact because obviously it's a weekly show to promote the pay-per-view that they've got coming up. I thought this was great all round. Yeah, I mean that, that was the uh, the fact that they made that and made event match, and then you have uh, Jay White attacking David Finley, which sets up that because that's going to be the main event at Resurgence. So you know why not do something like that? And then everybody's going to be like, oh my God, you know David Finley's going to get his revenge and he'll beat Jay White for the Never open weight title, which is not going to happen. And if it happens, I'll be surprised. But, you know, I mean, this again, Impact is not stupid. They know, they figure, well, we're going to promote their, their pay-per-view. They'll promote ours. It's, hey, it's like one hand washes the other. I mean, without a doubt, we see Tasha Steele saying the heat wave was riding down for Kira Hogan, so somebody had to go. Therefore, she had to make some changes, bringing in Savannah Evans. We see Jenna Pratt, who've been training with Alicia Zapitelli to broaden a repertoire for a match with Melina at M Power. And we see next week Melina's going to show what she has to offer. Christian Cage is asked about his match on Rampage. He says he's become a better wrestler uh, through his history of fighting in Impact and, of course, other places as well. He owes something to them. His goals have returned to the Impact as well. Champion for all those guys in the Battle Royal. Good luck. But just know they'll be facing a new Impact World Champion, Christian Cage. And then Matt Cardona versus John Skyler. John Skyler won after distraction from Rohit Raju and Shearer. So an upset victory here. And um, is this the right thing for Cardone? Because obviously he's not contracted to Impact. But would you rather see him as kind of like a mid-lower car feud here rather than anywhere else? Uh, you know, the way he's at right now with Impact is fine with me. Because he's not contracted. He's not, um, you know, he. I think he has a deal with just a per appearance. He doesn't have no contract at all with Impact. I mean, and, and he's happy with the way he's doing things right now. I mean... Again, he's a game changer, uh, game changer champion, the wrestling champion. I think he's trying to uh, the way I'm, what I'm hearing or what I'm reading online, he's trying to change uh, game changer wrestling, or uh, even the belt. He wants to call it the Universal Game Changer Champion. So where he's at right now, as far as um, an impact, is fine because that means that if he, if they're not coming back. The following week, somebody else could replace him in that spot. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, he, he's doing fine. And, and again, uh, Chelsea Green, that arm, that wrist is not, it's not uh, 100%. You know, she she rebroke that. I think I sent you a picture. She rebroke that wrist. So, you know, um, so I think the fact that she's even being part of that show, I think it's next week or the week after NWA Power. And I think she's uh, participating in the Ring of Honor. Tournament? Oh, I think she, she, I think she left. Oh, she's not doing it. I mean, I mean, I gotta give her credit because she's still 
putting herself on the line, even with that wrist all messed up. I mean, you got to give it yeah. to him. Without a shadow of that, well, the main event, the last match we're going to cover is the 20-man Battle Royal number one contender ship. We've got Eddie Edwards, Sammy Callahan, Rhino, Morrissey, Suicide, Johnny Swinger, Palabar, No Way, Hernandez, Moose, Ace Austin, Mammon, Fulton, Willie Mack, Rich Ron, Brian Myers, Sam Bill, Trey Miguel, Dina, Chris Saban, Petey Williams. Who would you, who would your pick be in this matchup? Because I got to think that uh, Sammy Callahan's got to be one of the favourites. Yeah, Sammy Callahan, of course, yeah, but. There's what now if there was a um, a Cinderella guy there, Madman Fulton. That guy has not been pushed like he's supposed to be. When he was part with Sammy Callahan, this guy was dangerous. They put him with Ace Austin. This guy's getting pinned and, and getting beat in the tag teams. That was one of the guys I would have took, Madman Fulton. Well, we're going to see what happens in this matchup. Recognising the threat Morrissey posed to them, the field teamed up to eliminate the big Dino and Rhino paired off his fun of Matt leading to the elimination of all four of those competitors. Boost dumped Edwards late, then booted Callahan off the apron. And as the former NFL star appeared to be rolling familiar foe, Saban applied to Sepa. With neither man balanced, Brian Myers emerged from out of nowhere to eliminate both and score the unexpected victory. Honestly, I did not see this coming, but I've been talking about Brian Myers and saying he's ready for months. Both of you, you know, both of us have been speaking about it. And I think this was one of the most entertaining battle roles in years. And what do you think? Brian Myers winning the tournament. Um, and like I said, we doing this podcast, um, you know, he deserves it. I mean, the guy has been putting in the work the last two years since his, his debut. And, you know, what they did to him in homecoming is, wasn't something that will elevate him. I think this is the way of paying him back and whatnot because like we talked about it in the homecoming um, review. That Missy Hyatt thing that they did was stupid. It wasn't going to elevate him nowhere. So with him winning this uh, and now he gets a shot at the Impact World title, it's perfect. The guy deserves it. I mean, right now, if you look at the guys right now in the main event, Sammy Callahan right now, pretty much feuding with uh, Kenny Omega. We don't know when he's getting another title shot. Moose, they got him all over the place. We don't know when he's getting a title So why not uh, um, Brian Myers? Give Brian Myers a shot and see what happens, you know? Who knows? He could win the belt. As I say, anything could happen. And I think this is what we've seen looking at homecoming and impact the past month. I think it has been the real winner with the forbidden door, you know, and I think it really is working out for it at this moment in time. Yeah, I think it is. Um, and as long as that, I think that thing with the Sam Beal guy, um, if he's going to be the lackey, I mean, it's perfect because, you know, he'll find ways to cheat and whatever. And, you know, now that he's going to get the title shot, I, I think he's getting the title shot next week. If I'm correct. Uh, and um, so, if he finds a way to cheat to win, I mean, I won't be surprised if he becomes world champion. You know, the guy's been the guy's been putting in the work. Without a shadow of a doubt. Well, that has been brilliant having you on the show, uh, as always. Finally, before we go, Lo, uh, breaking news from last night as we record this now, the first episode of AEW Rampage, mm-hmm. and we have a new Impact champion, Christian. Uh, what are your thoughts on Rampage, and what were your thoughts on Christian beating Kenny Omega? Because... I maybe suspected as much because it was just the kind of the way they made the match, and I thought the match delivered in spades as well. Okay, so so you ready for my my my, my review on this? Because I have I have a reason, and I think why they gave the belt to 
Christian. So, as we're recording this, all right, um, of course, you said Christian won the belt last night. The reason they gave the Christian won the belt was because today, uh, Omega is supposed to defend the AAA title at Triple Mania at Mexico against Andrades. Um, I think he may be losing that belt also because I think what's going on is maybe this belt collector situation where they were probably trying to get other promotions to get involved where probably Omega gets all the belts and, you know, it'll be like some Infinity Gauntlet shit. I guess other um, promotions felt that, uh, you know, okay, we'll put the belt up, but we're not gaining nothing out of it on AEW ice. Um, and pretty much NWA is one of them and Ring of Honor is another one. MLW, uh, they still work with AEW from time to time. Though they use younger talent, whatever. Uh, and I think this is, the, uh, I think this is the reason why Omega lost the belt because it probably was too much for him. Um, you know, especially this month, him defending the belt against Christian, then he would have to defend the belt against Andrade tonight. Um, and you know, and Christian is the first of all when, when they announced that Christian was going to uh, face Omega at All Out. And then they said, um, he's facing him in Rampage. I said, it won't make no sense for uh, Christian to lose in Rampage because they, you're not going to make me believe that he's going to be up for the AEW title at All Out. That's not going to happen. So this move is a smart move because then Christian becomes a world champion and became the world champion. Now he can go to Impact. He can go back and forth. Uh, and in reality, if you think about it, he was an Impact alumni back when he won the NWA belt. So that makes more sense. Now, Omega, if he loses the belt tonight in, in Mexico in Triple Mania, then he could just concentrate on the AEW title, and then he'll probably beat Christian at All Out. And then the Adam Page storyline continues, and, and, you know, and still has legs. So uh, Omega will drop the belt to Page at full gear. That's my prediction on everything. Yeah, like that, and this is a great thing about it as well, because the thing is, is that, um, Omega gets his win back against Christian at All Out, and then oh. Christian can maybe drop the title at Bound for Glory in October. You can still have Christian lose to Omega again, still have that third match between the two, but they don't lose face because obviously Impact now has beaten AEW, AEW will be Impact, and then the, the third score won't matter because obviously, you know, the way they've done it. I think it's a really clever way. We've spoken about this past, you know, year or so. How, how they're going to do it with Kenny Omega. I think Christian winning it and now him doing the impact kind of, you know, the tapings and stuff like this and building up towards Challenger for Bound for Glory will make sense. And like you say, Kenny Omega and Adam Page story in AEW can have the payoff that we all want as well. I think, I think, and also, if you think about it, uh, when all this was happening, um, Kodo Ibushi had won the, the, the IWGP belt at Wrestle Kingdom. Then uh, Will Ospreay won it. And I think it would if it Will Osprey would have never gotten hurt. I think you still could have had that mega match between Omega and Will Osprey for the either, both belts on the line, i.e. the AEW and the IWGP. But because Will Osprey law, I mean, got hurt. Now I guess everything gets messed up. Also, I remember Nick Aldis said, if I'm gonna face Omega, then Omega has to put the belt and. Because I'm not putting the belt and I'm not getting nothing back, which makes sense. Because you know you you've been the champ, he's been the champion for about a thousand days, so he's gonna put his belt, and Omega's not putting his belt. So I guess at the end maybe um, MLW probably didn't feel like putting themselves in that situation, even though they have wrestlers going in and out through that forbidden door. 
Same thing could be said about Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, I don't know if they're still working with New Japan or not, but and I think they are because Brody King wrestles in New Japan under the New Japan banner. So it, it could have been a lot. I think it would have been, uh, you know, the fact that maybe Omega feels that uh, him trying to do the storyline is too much because he's wrestling everywhere every other month, two or three times. So probably he figures, you know what, I need to take a break. Uh, and there's somebody else do that. I mean, the way they did it last night is is is, is I loved it. I mean, I was in shock because I'm like, when I saw when I saw Omega drop the belt, especially where his head went right to the chair, I was like, wow. Okay, I was in my house screaming. I was like, oh no, hell no, this is unbelievable. Because I didn't see. I was expecting like a disqualification. That's what I was expecting because I saw the young bugs come out, and you know, if you guys haven't seen this, you guys got to see it. This was a a, a heck of a match. I think I will give it a that match of four and three quarters because it was awesome. It really was great stuff. And today has been really great stuff. And it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. But that is it for now. Don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter at the Dominar Podcast. I'm at the WRJR. Do you want to tell us where they can find your stuff? My stuff, you can find my stuff on the Chokesland Wrestling Report at uh, Apple, Spotify, uh, uh, what else? Uh, Amazon Music. You can also find my YouTube channel, the same thing, Chokeslide Wrestling Report. And you can find my uh, my um, my apparel, which is tcwr.veryinkpressive.com. tcwr.veryinkpressive.com. You can get the Chokeslide Wrestling Report hat and t shirt available on that website. Brilliant. And the Dublin also on Facebook and Instagram. Across all Google platforms, send us an email at Dublin Podcast at gmail.com. And the Dublin Podcast on YouTube, where the latest clips of podcasts go at the same time. You should do SoundCloud on your phone. And also Spotify and iTunes, where you download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Uh, and I just want to say as well, I know you've got your your own show, of course, The Chokeslam Report is one of my favourite podcasts that I listen to as well. Uh, but I know you, you come on here in a big part. And I just want to say, to me, you're always going to be. Uh, and I offer you like a, a, a full-time membership of the WNR podcast, basically, you, you know, like, uh, like, so you're welcome anytime. And, and my plan is uh, to have you on quite a few times in this next month, because next week, and I know you're not a huge WWE fan, but we've got the SummerSlam live party. And of course, we could always talk about resurgence, the NJPW and AAA Triple Mania. Okay. Uh, and the following weekend, we uh, Impact have got, of course, Emergence, where we'll see... Brian Myers versus Christian Cage for the Impact uh, World Heavyweight Championship, a match we didn't think was going to be possible 24 hours ago, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I need you, I know that um, we talked about having you in my show. I'm thinking of doing maybe having you a week before um, All Out so we could talk about, you know, uh, uh, the previews, our predictions, all that stuff, uh, AEW. So, you know, you're always welcome in my show anytime, you know, so... Like, um, so that's what I want to do with people. Uh, we could do like a, a preview. I usually don't do previews uh, because I figure like, oh, I might be, I might get a lot of my stuff wrong. But do it. I want to do a preview with you uh, as all out because I know we're going to have fun on it and we could talk and we could do fantasy booking and all kinds of shit. Perfect, Matt. Well, like I say, we've got AEW all out coming up. We've got Impact um, Emergence. And of course, next weekend, we've got the Summer Sun Live Party, man. So, like right. I said, We'll, we'll work it out and it's always having a pleasure you on and especially across the pond yes new york city well, and the uk <laughs> yes uh and like i said it is a pleasure having you on our next episode of the dominar podcast will be aw prelude with jaxie 
But until then, I've been Jay's Rollins, and I was joined by the fantastic Ultimate One. Again, yes. thank you very much for joining no me. No problem, brother. No brother. Anytime. All right, always a pleasure. Never a chore. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, take care. Stay safe. And bye. Peace.